Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week. There's been several things that we've seen kind of go down over the last week that we will definitely be able to give our opinions on, kind of make sure everyone is up to date with the scuttlebutt and the rumors that are going around right now. But it's your favorite fantasy football fiend himself, Zay. Of course, as always, I have my man with me, Young Vander. Holler at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, was going going on out there and my guy little bro bro joe holla at the people bro joe what's going on fantasy fiend family all right so since last monday we've had several things kind of uh break out we'll kind of tackle them piece by piece and we're gonna go ahead and get you started with the news And now your fantasy news. So we got a few guys that are currently injured, but have prominent roles on teams that looks like um, they're coming along pretty decently. We have Michael Gallup, whose week one status, uh, it isn't a lot, but it does look like he's trending in the direction. Uh, you have Sterling Shepard of the Giants, who could return by August from his Achilles injury, but I'm sure that will be news to Jones, this Daniel Jones's ears, because Sterling Shepard was one of his go-to guys, kind of one of his uh, most dependable guys, if you will. Teddy Bridgewater is now entrenched as the backup quarterback for one Mr. Tua Tungabaloa. I'm not sure if this is a preemptive move on part of Miami or if they just kind of felt that Teddy was the best backup, but I know he's definitely one that has come in um, when called upon and was able to do decently. I uh, didn't embarrass himself. So maybe this is the emergency exit strategy for Tua Tungabaloa just in case, you know, whatever goes down on the field. They definitely have the pass weapons now. So if he can't put up the points, maybe Teddy Bridgewater is going to quickly become their guy as they wait for the next guy who whomever that may be. we got Taysom hill who's focusing on the tight end position looks like the on again off again we're going to try to trick you into not knowing who our quarterback is type of a situation is gone for the new Orleans saints so winston is their quarterback Taysom hill is their starting tight end and that's that according to new coach dennis allen who's more of a, a defensive mind he says he wants you know a thing to be a thing you know, so we're, we're not we're not going to be looking at all of these, uh, you know, these dual positions. Oh, he could be a quarterback. He could be a tight end. He could be a and they also went and got Andy Dalton 
as the backup to Winston. So they don't even want Taysom Hill to be the backup quarterback. If they don't change his designation, if someone else was to get hurt at the QB position and maybe they slid him back in and he was a cheat code like he was a couple years ago. But do we do we think that's going to do much for Taysom or he's just another guy now? I honestly think he's just another guy. He's not a tight end. It's a quarterback. We've seen this project with like a Tim Tebow. I hate to compare it to him because, you know, this guy's been more active as far as playing in the league. But you don't just be 25, 24 years old and just say, hey, I'm a tight end today. Don't quite work like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the, the blocking is going to be key. True. So it's, just, it's more than just running routes and catching a ball. But can you block? Did can he we, come in as a tight end or did he come in as a quarterback? He's a quarterback in college, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. okay. So, but I don't think you could just jump. That's not a position you could just jump in and say, hey. I'm here. I arrive. Because you're extension of the offensive line. Facts. That can catch. You know what I mean? That's all you are. <laughs> so I don't see him. I mean, he's a big kid, tough kid. But as far as him being fantasy relevant, as far as tight end, I don't really see it. And especially with Pete Carmichael now, the OC. I'm not sure how his system is. Maybe uh, Joe know a little more than I do on that. I don't know who umbrella he's under, to be honest with you. But um, nah, I don't think it's a thing. I, I think he should and will go undrafted in most drafts. I think this is just a, a, a we just gave you this big contract. I don't know where to put you and hopefully you can catch on doing something else. To me, I think this is like Sean Payton was like, this is his guinea pig. This is his passion project. And then, like you said, with Dennis is like, fuck this shit. We need to win some games. So are we going to make out his tight end or we just wasted giving you a 40 million in extension at and 31 he had a years really, old? Yeah, he had a really unique contract as well. I believe they actually saved some money by designating him as a tight end because I want to say a part of his contract said that if he didn't play the quarterback position for X amount of time, that he ended up getting paid significantly less in this contract than if he was a tight end. And I've, I've never really heard of contracts of that nature that you're it's a dual contract essentially saying, well, if you play this position, it's this. If you play that position, it's that. If we remember, they did have to clear cap space. This may have been a, a smart way of going about doing it. Uh, I believe Andy Dalton ends up costing them less as a backup quarterback than Taysom Hill would have cost them had he kept that quarterback designation. We have a lot of scuttlebutt going on about your boy DK. Right now, there's a line of demarcation, and we don't know whether or not it has already been crossed or not. But right now, the scuttlebutt is he can be had for the right price. But also, there are talks that extensions could be in the future but haven't yet been discussed. So normally, when you're entering into the last year of that contract, if your future had not yet been discussed, that means you're not a part of the future of the team you're on. So I really believe that DK might mess around and end up being a, a draft day casualty, if not prior to. It's just going to be a matter of who's actually going to be the one to fire the bullet. They were talking about Cleveland wanting another productive, speedy wide receiver. Not exactly sure what Seattle would be willing to take. But remember, Cleveland does still have plenty of picks from moves that they've made previously. You also have the Texans who have picks. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to figure out what ends up happening with DK. What you got on this one, Joe? Somebody mentioned it to us a couple of days ago. Because before I was just brushing it on because we got too much money. But now that it got to ESPN, I think, no, I think this, I'm not sure where it got to. But now it's more syndicated to where it might be possible. I think if the asking price should be a first round pick. I don't want us to move away from him because I think he's he hasn't even begun to ascend to the type of player he could be. Just like we alluded to before, 
when Mark, you know, Hollywood got the screw took out his foot, he was a different player night and day the following year. And that's the same thing with Metcalf. Him getting it, I think, you know, he would be a dog, you know, to keep on the team. I don't know the reasons as to why. I don't think he's a distraction or anything like that. He does have lapses of maturity. But it's not to the extent that it's a Claypool. He's just a competitor. He's a dog. If we get a first round pick, I could I'm not saying I could live with it, but anything less than a first round pick, I'm gonna be baffled. I can see that. One might say he's in a similar situation to Mr. Cooper that ended up in Cleveland. One might also say that Cooper is a more productive wide receiver. When people know that you're going to let somebody go, you don't tend to get what their talent would have dictated. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe that's the reason he hasn't gone anywhere yet, because people are kind of like, yeah, there's too much smoke here for you not to want to get rid of this dude. And I'm not about to give you, you know, above what the asking price for a number one receiver has been this offseason. That's the part of it is just that we have enough uh, cap space going in 2023 that I, I could see him getting Christian Kirk money. Like, it's not even a question of, of us extending him. It's just, it, like you said, I just want to know if it's smoke. Is it, you know, like, we got the cap, so I don't understand why we're trying to move on from him. We have a backfield that's been cleared up a little bit and then another backfield that's been muddied a little bit. Looks like Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be in line for a bit of an uptick in opportunity, being the number two back now behind that of Leonard Fournette, who signed a three-year contract with Tampa Bay. For you guys that have been Keyshawn Vaughn fans or for you guys that are maybe in the dynasty that need a lot of help at, at the running back position, this guy could possibly be on the waivers right now. and. If you remember the role that Ronald Jones was going to have prior to its fumbling issues, that seemed to be a productive role. Keyshawn Vaughn could definitely, well, he will be in line for more touches, but he could be in line for fantasy relevance as well. Of the other backfield that was affected, as prior mentioned, Ronald Jones is now a Kansas City Chief. So Ronald Jones is, I would almost say, a better version of the guy that was there before who was Daryl Williams. He's basically a pass catching power back, only 24 years old. And that's exactly what Daryl Williams was. So if he's going to have that particular role and he tends to be a little less injury prone than CEH, who is predicted to be the head of that committee. And we also have, if I'm not mistaken, Jarek McKinnon is still a chief as well. Um, you have the young bull that we saw a few times last year, Derek Gore, there as well. So the cream is going to rise to the top there in Kansas City. Seems as if they're going to be switching up their offense just a little bit. It's probably going to resemble a little bit more of what you saw when Andy Reid was a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, which is going to be the shady slash Sproles type of uh, running back system. Both guys are fast. Both guys can catch out of the backfield. One is a little bit more of a power guy. The other is a little bit more of a outside of the tackles type of a runner. And you're going to have the ball spread around quite a bit to just about all the receivers because there isn't one who is outstanding above others looking at the actual receiver position. And even if they get a rookie, um, it may take a little time to acclimate based on where they're going to be drafting it's not going to be one of those guys that can come in and take over day one and i doubt they would use their first round pick anyway so juju might be in for a little uptick we'll talk about him a little bit later i think they both can very well definitely have fantasy relevancy um 
Fournette is not, he doesn't tend to be the healthiest guy. True. He's a big boy. Sometimes he get those little knickknack injuries, a lot of lower extremity stuff, ankle and stuff like that. So Vaughn can very well jump straight in, man. I mean, it could be an RB1 overnight. If he's available in your league, you most definitely want to have him in the dynasty for sure. I doubt if he's available in most leagues. Probably think you may be able to buy a low on him. For sure. He's going to be one of the premier handcuffs this year going into the season. Ronald Jones, it's a little crowded over there, but I do think Ronald Jones will be the short yardage guy. He's the biggest yeah, guy on the I mean, team. You know what I mean? So he definitely should get a lot of opportunities to punch him in. Um, I could very well see him getting double-digit touchdowns this year. Maybe not so many yards, but I could definitely see him uh, getting over 10 touchdowns total this year for sure in, the, in that offense. I like Vaughn uh, more so than Ronald Jones. Vaughn, I like. I think you that was one of your guys, uh, Zay. Yeah. Um, I just like his pass catching ability. Uh, I think it's really understated that he was a really good hands guy coming out of college. So I do like him backing up Fournette. And then to you and Vander's point, Fournette does have these issues quite frequently. So he might get in there and he might be the more talented back. You know, some not all running backs come out day one. Sometimes it takes him a few years to really show up. It's, you know, going to his third year has progressed from rookies to second year. So I expect the same thing. Ronald Jones, I think, is like the Damian Williams thing. Like we knew Damian Williams, MVP, Super Bowl, all this, da da da, went to Chicago and there's like Khalil Herbert. And I think the, the same thing is going to happen to him. I think, like, to Vander's point, he's a short yardage guy. I'm not going to read into him having a prominent role because, uh, to your point, uh, that kid, Gore, definitely did really well in that offense. Yeah, I just think it's just an, an, an inexpensive body at this point, you know, to the same, like I said, exactly like Damian Williams to Chicago. We got a little bit of fishy business going on at quarterback here for a couple guys. So with the 49ers, we have Kyle Shanahan who won't commit to Trey Lance being the starter for the 2022 season, which is very interesting going into year two for the young man. Then we also have the GM for the Detroit Lions not being to not being willing to commit to not trading Jared Goff. And it's interesting because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the the GM for Detroit is the guy who drafted Baker Mayfield, if I'm not mistaken. Or he was in some way, shape, form or fashion involved in that particular pick. And and I believe the fact that Jimmy G had the shoulder surgery he was able to kind of do i I guess what they needed to be done at quarterback not that he was anything you know to write home about in fantasy but in real world nfl he was exactly what that sort of team needed to kind of get them from point a to point b with the quarterback market not being what san fran thought it would be because of that surgery that he has to have maybe it makes sense for them to go ahead and let him play out this year as the starter give trey lance another year to get right and then you know you cut ties all together and you you get what you get. I believe he would then they would then end up getting a compensatory pick if he got picked up which he would get picked up by another team, but he would get a compensatory they would get a compensatory pick kind of the same way that Patriots let JC Jackson walk, but by letting him walk, we end up getting a 2023 third round pick, which that pick is actually higher than what any team was willing to trade us. So it ends up working out if you kind of work it out that way. I think the 49ers got a little greedy because the quarterback market was pretty warm at one point. I think you yeah. get them off. Nothing to do with the surgery or anything. You know, I think he could have got off anyway. I think they pay was maybe asking for too much or because it seems like the Steelers, there's a couple of teams in, you know, that was interested. 
there's been rumors saying, you know, a first round was offered, things like that. I think they got a little too greedy. And uh, now they're kind of stuck with him in a way. I definitely don't want to see him going to this year as a starter again. I think we didn't wasted a couple years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Two championships has been lost due to this guy, in my opinion, in the last couple of years. I think two, he had an opportunity, especially when you could have had Brady on the horn and you turned him down. Hell, you didn't savage your future and Trey Lance, so now you eat the cake. You know what I'm saying? Like, deal with it. I, that's all I can say. I mean, you didn't, like I said, you didn't savage your future already. You didn't trade all these draft picks away for this guy. Mm-hmm. may as well start him and let him see what he does he didn't play too bad at the games that he did start last year so man I, you hit everything on the head honestly and to follow what you're saying i think honestly what it comes down to shanahan was married to the idea of jimmy g and i think when he's on the field i don't think he contributes to the win but it's nonetheless that he is a winning quarterback with what he's asked right. to do i think almost like kirk cousins where well no not the same vein because kirk cousins we didn't seen air the ball out i'm about to say kirk cousins get down sometime now he 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 get nasty yeah kirk better than him yeah but i think in the same vein it's like he's a he's just a catalyst that kind of gets the ball moving and philosophically you don't need to ask much out of your quarterback and at 25 million dollars and going into the last season it's one of the things is who on the market is better than jimmy g Aside from Trubisky, which I think them two is like on the same level. That's another conversation. Um, I think, honestly, it would benefit Trey Lance more long term. But like you said, y'all gave up all of this. You might as well start him. So that's the that's my main gripe with that. It's just I think he'll benefit from this extra year, but I don't think it's as necessary. You want to give a second year player as much live experience than just keep him on the, you know, the bench. But we've seen, uh, you know, years past it worked. And we have perennial Pro Bowl quarterback, so I might be telling of what's to come if Jimmy G play out the season. We have a news of the weird. Antonio Brown has yet to undergo ankle surgery because he don't want to get surgery until a team, until or unless a team signs him. So I'm thinking that this may actually mess around and be the final straw. I don't know any team that wants Antonio Brown bad enough that they're just going to allow his antics to continue as time passes by that's more time that he'll end up actually missing maybe he'll be uh after the draft guy but if he hasn't uh, if he hasn't been signed to a team and if he hasn't had that surgery by very a uh, very short time frame after this year's draft I-, I can see his last time being on the field was the last time we saw him on the field I, you know i'm a fan of ab's i'm rooting for him I want to see him play football. I think the game is better with him in it. In my opinion, he's still like a top. He's definitely still a top eight, maybe wide receiver in the league. You know what I'm saying? When playing. But this is just, come on, man. Just get the surgery, rehab, train, and then let everybody evaluate you from there. I mean, the game don't work like that. People are not going to invest in something on the hopes of it may work out. I mean, people want to know what they're getting themselves into. This is a big exactly. business. You're investing millions of dollars in this. It's another chapter of AB just doing what he want to do he's going to live life how he want to live and he just have to deal with the consequences on how he get them you know what i mean but it's just unfortunate these these are the stories i i hate to see because you have people with so much talent just wasted i mean because honestly in a maybe a six year six year period he no one was better than ab but jerry rice wasn't better than ab like the numbers in that six year period from the steelers like you put his numbers up against anybody he was on one 
You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. It's just it's just unfortunate, man, that we just have to go through this again. And it's it's just sad, man, that he had to go out like that. All the off the field stuff. And then like I said, the, the last episode or the one before last, like that last thing with Deshaun Watson X and put home blast and calling her a bitch this, that might have sealed it automatically. Just yeah. ridiculous of just yeah. like, you ain't even growing up. You're not even showing that you change and you're getting upset when people saying that you might need to get help and the Buccaneers offered to get you help. Um, but furthermore, like with his ankle injury, it has to be either a grade two or a grade three. I kind of looked it up a little bit coming into the show. So if it's a grade two, they're saying it takes anywhere between six and eight weeks. If it's grade three, it could be three months or more, which probably lends us to whatever his ankle injury probably bring to that uh, grade three extent. I don't get the logic behind it. I guess, you know, if he has a surgery, he can't try out for nobody. He can't, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's just like uh, your banter off the field. Like you literally just took off your jersey and your Under Armour and just skipped across the, <laughs> the end zone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's coming to hire you <laughs> the funny thing about it i think he can get a job even after that charade you know what i'm saying the whole leaving the field i think a team still would give him opportunity if but, he got healthy to me like, yeah. say, like we like week 10 or something like that i definitely think somebody could would hit his jack up you know it's gonna but, be an obj situation like like it'll, it'll be mid-season and somebody will get an injury or something or... yeah i think he i think that if he could rehabilitate himself like not like going like cause you know it's what it's on paper look how many times josh gordon Oh, I got to step away from the field. I go into a clinic and for three months come out. Oh, I got a job waiting for me. I think it's literally one of those things with AB. If AB would go to one of these places for a couple months, come back, you know, rebrand himself a tiny bit, a smudge at least. Because like you said, man, like nobody can refute what he did in six years. I think that's that's too much. I, I'm Tony Totat. That's what's on his shoulder. And I think realistically, that's not going to work in the NFL when you want all this type of money. We have a couple other tidbits of news that went down two trades happened we had marlon mack who was traded to the houston texans and is now in line to be their starting running back we also had Devonte parker who was traded to new england and is in line currently to be their number one wide receiver I like the move for both teams. I like the move for Houston a little bit better than I like the New England move. Marlon Mack is a couple injuries removed from being the next guy. Like Marlon, if Marlon Mack hadn't have been injured year before last, Taylor would be on another team. He He's that good it, it, as long as he's not hurt. So he may be a guy that's out there for free right now. That if you're in running back trouble, you know, maybe you grab him if you're in Dynasty. I do like that move for Houston because they didn't have a running back, basically. And David Johnson is a shell of himself. As far as Devontae Parker is concerned, the reason that I don't like it for New England is I think I kind of have a feel for how Bill Belichick thinks. And because we have this guy, now we're not going to use our first round pick on a guy that can grow with Mac Jones. And Devontae Parker in line with, a lot of other veterans that Bill Belichick hires, he's often hurt. So we can find ourselves with the same exact group of wide receivers that we had last year pretty quickly if history repeats itself as far as Parker's injury history is concerned. So I would have preferred if you're going to use a third round pick, if this was on the cards, why the hell didn't you go after Cooper? 
I mean, if you're going to go after a wide receiver that's often injured, at least get one that puts up thousand yard seasons on a regular. I honestly think they overpaid, to be honest with you. But he is the best receiver currently on the team based on his skill set. And you can't cheat size. So I want to say I'll trust Bill, but I trust Bill to coach. We need a damn GM is what it boils down to. But that's a different talk for a different day. I don't trust Bill when it comes to picking wide receivers. How about that? Spot on, <laughs> sir. Spot on. <laughs> I uh, trust him, but not um, as far as wide receivers. Uh, I love the, the, the Mac move. Um, I've seen this one coming a mile away. Uh, in the Dynasty League, when I first got in, he was the first person I was zero in on was Marlon Mack because I knew someone would give him up for, you know, whatever because people didn't see the, the bigger end. This is definitely a thousand-yard runner, tough guy. I think he's shown everyone that he is fully recovered from his injury. Last year, a couple of times he did couple get a couple of carries. He had some bursts. You know, he looked real good. So he should definitely, if you if you're going zero running back uh, strategy, this would be a guy that's on your list. And for the, for the people that don't understand the zero running back strategy, usually your first several picks are things like wide receivers. So when you get down to maybe that fifth round, sixth round, when you're ready to take a running back, this will probably be a guy that's staring you in the face. So I think you can definitely get some RB1 weeks out of this guy. Um, so definitely he would be on my list for sure. Probably what you thought Dobbins was going to be for the Ravens last year. As far as Devontae Parker, uh, this is just right on the wall. Nikhil Harry should be out the window. He, I mean, they like him. He's a big body. He's an excellent run blocker at wide receiver for the Patriots. And I think that's the kind of thing that's still keeping him around. But they draft him in the first round. He hasn't panned out. He asked for a trade last summer. They didn't grant that. So with now a Parker coming in the building, I think this is his opportunity to get out. Would be surprised if a team like Green Bay calls on these teams that's kind of like needing wide receivers right now. That's kind of like need need somebody and just give him a try. I mean, he was a first round pick and he's a great run blocker. So big body. Hey, you never know. So Nikhil Harry probably would be on the move with his uh, Devontae Parker. I'm not really a fan of either or either situation Devontae Parker has the most upside to me but again I feel like you, you're getting Kendrick Bourne for somebody that got more spectacular catch but they the same wide receiver at, at the end of the day so I don't really feel like it's too much of an upgrade but as far as cap I don't know what angle they playing at but as far as a cap wise it's an affordable deal where it's just like hey either you're gonna be it's boom or bust are you gonna be the person I went against you know in this division for all these years or you're gonna regress even further and be a casual so unlike Aguilar, where they gave him a little bit too much money, they can move on from Devontae. It's like a one-year deal, essentially. If it's still good, they can bring him back for the second year. So I like, you know, I think it's, I don't know, it's like a flyer. They always take flyers out on wide receivers. As far as Marlon Mack, I think it's a huge, huge upside. I think it's one of those things in Dynasty, if you could stash him, it was the best thing you could do to stash him now. But I will cautionarily say you still have the draft and they have four picks in the top 70. A guy like a Damian Pierce or Isaiah, uh, yeah, or Isaiah Spill, excuse me, either of those could definitely be the RB1. So because they have the picks, those picks, not even in the first round, obviously, but even if you wait to get like a Damian Pierce or Isaiah Spiller, I think they could be the 1A back or 1B back and kind of minimize what Mac's going to do. Because at $2 million, I go by the money, in my personal opinion. Like in, for, them, for him to be that low, I get it's like it's really in line with the injury type of deal. It's like, hey, prove a kind of deal because you got Foreman that's in the same boat as him with that same amount. And there's other one other running back, but they ranked 88th as far as RB contracts. So it's one of the things, like I said, it's real sneaky. You hold on to them. If they clear the draft and they don't got nobody, you got a diamond in the rough. And even if they do draft somebody, 
you know, we've seen time and time where either they take over and run with it or they just impact the game 50 50. I like Marlon Mack definitely as a dynasty stash. And that pretty much wraps up your news. This next segment, we're going to talk about risers and fallers. As far as dynasty is concerned, people that you possibly buy low on, or you can move, kind of strike while the iron's hot and move them on down the road while they're still hot. Let's go ahead and hop on into that. All right. So we're looking at players from each position that have had significant changes over the offseason, or we expect a significant upgrade or downgrade in play. And we're kind of trying to get a feel for where these people should go. In many drafts, they may be going too high. Maybe they're going too low as far as some of the drafts that are coming up as far as Dynasty are concerned. Uh, redraft will have a little bit of time to kind of let the you know tea leaves kind of play out and see exactly what happens. But as far as draft stock is concerned for even redraft, it's still the same logic still applies as far as where we think these players are going to end up. So we're going to start out with our quarterbacks. And this can significantly change after the draft and after the free agency period dies down. But as of right now, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have any weapons, at least not any pass catchers. And I honestly believe that we may end up seeing more of a scenario where Devontae Adams will look to have made Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams. And I kind of feel like like we're going to see a real letdown year from, from A-Rod. And you're going to kind of feel this warm fuzzy about where you're able to draft him, but I don't think he's going to put up numbers that are comparable to even that draft position. Uh, I don't know if I see a down year from Rodgers, man. I mean, this guy can make lemonade out of lemons, man. This is A-Rod. This is a top five quarterback ever. You know what I mean? So I know you don't have pass catchers. Uh, the season hasn't quite started yet, so right. don't be surprised if someone ends up there. Even a DK Metcalf, they was one of the teams that was on yeah. the horn as well. Now, that would definitely change things. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I wouldn't definitely count them out because this guy can make he, – he can make somebody look good. You know what I'm saying? So whether they go to the draft or whether they pick up – I mean, you still have Odell. Who knows if Nikhil Harry end up there? That's a couple guys in free agency, okay wide receivers. You just At this point, we really don't know. So I, I'm going to just sit back and wait and see first before I think Rodgers is going to have a decline in the season. He's too good of a player. Hey, we've seen Tom Brady win with. He not Tom Brady. Don't put his don't put his name in the same way as Tom Brady. He's way more talented than Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. But we see he's, he's more talented. But we've seen Tom Brady win with pedestrian wide receivers is what I'm saying. So I think Rodgers can win with pedestrian wide receivers is all I'm saying. With the, the iteration of that offense and how it looks, we have to kind of look at it. Matt Floor is – I think he's like Bill Walsh. And it's not not saying let – me, let me clarify that. As far as schematically, <laughs> what he's trying to do is very Bill Walsh-esque. It's very simple. The scheme isn't like these traditional – like they introduced some concepts this year vertically, but he prefers to run the ball. They're going to address wide receivers one way or another. And depending on which wide receiver they draft this year, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a great buy-low opportunity because 
for one, not many people are going to trust wide receivers coming out in the draft. But then two, like you said, Devontae Adams, that's all we know. Without look, outside looking in, people are going to think, oh, well, it's going to be a regression. It's like, well, traditionally, no. Matt LaFleur kind of likes, prefers to run the ball even more than most uh, people who have the West Coast offense in, in present day. So you got to wait, like to your point, I think DCAF is, uh, DCAF, <laughs> DK is uh, one of those people that could go there. Like you said, OBJ could go there. And we, like I said, we have to really pay attention to the draft. I really think even in the third round, you can definitely find a prominent receiver. And the thing is, is that he's such a, like to Zay's point, he's such a well, well-rounded thrower. He can put a ball anywhere and he he coaches these kids like these kids up really hard. And I think, you know, something that people don't kind of know, too, is just like Devontae is just one of people. He's such a specialist, almost like Cooper Cup. They study the game. And I think everybody else you can tell from Lazard, MVS, Equinemrius, all of those guys, they're just positional guys. Like, you know what I mean? They don't really they just do what what the what's asked of them. Whereas Devontae, he know the coverage. He so it's a huge loss, but I think you can find somebody in the draft who has that acumen, who has that IQ. A Chris Alave comes to mind right off the bat. And you can plug it in and then that's a that's a, a new, you know, duo right there in heaven, my personal opinion. If one of you guys can explain to me, where am I looking to find this ability of his to make wide receivers better because all of these young guys that he had none of them looked good at all like none of them even remained on the team like the only wide receiver he's had is adams prior to adams it was jordy nelson cobb was thrown in there a little bit in between but like the the ability to do a quote-unquote brady and make something out of nothing i haven't really seen that from rogers he can make a whole lot of something if he's starting with something and that's kind of how i look at the the jordy nelsons and the adams of the world but these I other think you haven't had to see it. I think that's the that's that's the real statement. Okay, okay, you then. okay, okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That, I, yeah, okay, okay. That that sums it up real quick. I appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> I, I knew one of y'all to get me straight real quick, but yeah, okay. You're right. You haven't. He hasn't had to do that. And okay, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. He's been blessed, <laughs> like you said, from Greg, from Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, uh, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, but, but this is, you know what I mean. So, but but think about it. Who was Jordy Nelson before he came into his own? True. Same, same as Adams. Like, I mean, I, I remember spent, I got Ad, Adams. You remember I got Adams a year or two early and I was telling y'all he was coming. Right. And then and then I, right. and then so, the next year I felt burnt. And I think you got Adams that year and he showed his ass. Didn't you win the championship? I think you won the championship with, with Adams that year. I, might, I was a uh, year too early. But the thing is this, like, I mean, Jordy Nelson, this guy was on the team, what, three years before he actually leap you know what i mean so who who knows what that next guy is going to be but I, I do have a guy I'm, I'm am looking at watch out for jawan winfrey winfrey's nice i like winfrey he reminds me of like uh, khalil uh raymond so watch out for winfrey i think he can very well be that guy that comes out of nowhere and you're like dang because i know everybody think about lazard and the guys have been there but i'm looking at jawan winfrey man I, I really think that this guy could be the person to take that next step because think about it the Packers haven't been in a hurry to grab anybody. True. So, yeah, we all say they need wide receivers, but they haven't been in a hurry. They haven't had Juju in. They haven't had any, you know, all these receivers that was free agents. They haven't had them making visits. Hey. And they do like the bill from within. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So, A-Rod, riser or faller? Cruise control. Okay, so let me reframe this, right? The name of the segment is riser or faller. Okay. I didn't say he was garbage. I said he's a faller. 
you got to pick one or the other. We can't. Joe didn't add it. Sleeper, you didn't add it. Cruise control. Mean, that's, that's what I'm gonna say. That's not the name of the segment. You got to pick one of the other. He's not gonna rise. He's not gonna fall. I mean, I, it, it got to be another option. So it can't be. <laughs> that's that's not the segment. You got it, okay. it's, it's like true or false. You can't add your own. Then he so, fall, um, he's okay. a faller by the the show, the segment, but by <laughs> hair. It, I tell you what, it's either he's gonna rise <laughs> by hair or fall <laughs> by hair. Okay, <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> But not a fall. When I say, because I think of the word fall, I'm thinking like he fell off. So no, 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 no. Because we we gotta we gotta remember, fantasy is about numbers. So right. if you draft him where you drafted him last year and expect to get the exact same thing, that's not how that's gonna work out. So based on even if it's a slight fall, you may want to look at where you would end up drafting him slightly differently or what you would pay for him. Okay. In dynasty, slightly differently. So I'm not saying like it's it's not saying you know they went from treasure to trash. It's just okay. saying based on the changes in their situation, are you he's willing a, to pay a little bit more for I'm gonna him? Say, Do okay, you I'm not a, pay as much for him? I'm it's gonna say like, he's a, I would say he's a faller then. Are the next guy on the list, we got Justin Fields. Listen, if Justin Fields fall, he gonna be playing with the Rock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no way but up for this guy. I agree. There's, you know what I mean? There's no way but up. He can't fall no lower than he's already at. Come about some news coming out of that camp. He wasn't comfortable with the, the game plans that Nagy was giving him anyway. So he was kind of like... Nobody was. You know what I'm saying? He was meant to fail. You don't want to say that about coaches, man, but even me playing football, man, some guys will set you up to, 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 to lose. You know what I'm saying? And I think he just got set to lose and not look good. So I'm going to definitely say a riser for sure for Phil. So he got to be a riser. Oh yeah, uh, I think he's a big riser. Now I, I, I might get one quarterback like in the middle of the draft, like we know wherever the value is for one, and then I I know he's gonna be there like fourteen and like fourteen through seventeen, and I'm gonna grab him and set it and forget it. I think a lot of people forget like this kid, even though it's not telling. Like I said, I think Nagy set him up to fail, but his pedigree is really up there, and I like you know the the organization real quick put things around him so he could be successful. Like Lou Getze is a quarterback's guy, even though that's the offensive coordinator. Andrew Janico, another QB mile, like, which is phenomenal. And they both are pairing together. They know each other going back to Pittsburgh. Great. And then obviously Andrew worked with Kirk Cousins and we've seen what happened in four years in two Pro Bowls that he got better as this time went on with Minnesota. So I just, just knowing this, knowing this kid, cause he come from Georgia. I love Georgia. That's my football team. He's a he's he's a riser. That's that's dope. Last quarterback, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I have actually as a riser. I believe that Atlanta did him a favor and put him in the exact situation that he needed for success at this point in his career. He now has the offensive line. They will go about finding wide receiver help at some point in time. It's just going to be a matter of whether it's they're looking the draft direction or if they're looking at people that are looking to get rid of receivers at some point. But I believe that Matt Ryan is actually a riser and you will be able to get him for a very nice price in the draft because he's going to be one of those guys that people aren't looking at. I think he'll be a, a draft day still. He can be your QB three in two, in two QB leagues. You can draft him as your QB three, but I think he'll be able to perform on most weeks as a QB one or two in two QB leagues. And if you're looking at a single quarterback league and you do the late quarterback strategy, he's perfect because you can damn near get him with your one of your very last picks, probably. 
Most definitely a riser for Matt Ryan for some of the things you mentioned. Uh, this is a top three offensive line, and you have arguably the best running back in the game right now. Offensive line, great run game. That's a recipe for success. So definitely a riser for Matt Ryan. It's a riser, but I'm going to use Xanology uh, just by hair. It's not a big deal. <laughs> We're going to move on to wide receiver. Tyreek Hill, who I believe is jumping off of a skyscraper. Um, he is falling. Going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tungvaloa is like going from driving a Ferrari to driving a Ford Contour. Like, uh, it's, it's just... You're still going to get from point A to point B and, you know, you'll be safe and, you know, it's good on gas and all that. But to think you're going to get the same performance as you did in that Ferrari is just facetious. He, he's he's taking a big fall. His skill set doesn't match well with what Tua does best. One of the stats that was most startling to me is that Tua only threw more than 20 yards down the field seven times all of last year. So Tyreek Hill's going to get open, but I just don't know if Tua's going to be able to find him. I think this bodes well for Waddle, though, um, just to throw that in there, because now he's the second guy and he was able to get off on the first guy. So I think Waddle will actually do even better than what he did last year. And he was a wide receiver one last year, so. Couple things. I think he's a riser. What? Uh, for sure. Oh hell no. This could be Debo Samuel 2.0. See, a lot of people don't look at it like this guy's gonna be able to. This guy actually played running back before, and you got the coach that's coming from the San Fran umbrella over to Miami, and may come with that same scheme, same scenario. He could very well carry the ball. So this guy can very well get a lot of yards on the ground and get some touchdowns on the ground. Uh, so, I mean, Debo Samuel finished second when it comes to wide receivers in fantasy football this year. But this is the same Debo Samuel that only has six touchdown passes. You see what I'm saying? And you're saying and Tua is probably just as good as Jimmy G. Six touchdown passes. You don't think Tariq Hill can get six touchdown passes? I'm not saying that facetiously. I I'm reading the tea leaves that you put right. out there. Debo Samuel is able to finish second in the league. He didn't catch no deep balls this year. He's a run-to-catch kind of guy. Say what you want to say. He threw one of the best slant balls you ever True. seen. I don't. I think Tua can throw deep. Maybe it's one of those same scenarios like we seen with Fields, where the coach they didn't let him allow him to throw deep. Let's not forget at Alabama who he was throwing to. He was throwing deep at Alabama. Let's not forget like Tua was not throwing the deep ball at Alabama. That's how all these wide receivers was able to be first round picks. So Tua he was throwing... also had all day in the pocket. In okay, Alabama. but this this offensive line has gotten a lot better. He may have all day again. But what I'm saying is, it's on him now. The the rumor, not rumor, but the the talk on two is he can't throw the deep ball. He can't throw it. No, maybe the coach didn't allow him to throw it because we seen the guy throw it before Alabama. These same fast wide receivers was getting deep, and he was the man that was getting it to him. So I'm gonna say Tariq Hill is definitely a riser because this guy's gonna be able to rush the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Tariq Hill has six rushing touchdowns this year if they put him in that Debo Samuel scheme. Is what I'm saying. It's not like he's just a fast wide receiver. This guy has actually played the running back position in college, so he's familiar with running the ball out of the backfield, getting carries out of the backfield. So hell yeah, he's definitely a riser for me. I think Tariq Hill may be a gem on the low. I think. A lot of people are going to feel the fall off because he lost Mahomes. And I understand that. He may not get those same deep balls, mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's comeback routes mm -hmm. and he'll take it. I mean, this guy's a home run from anywhere on the field now. Let's not get it twisted. A lot of times Mahomes uh, underthrow him. He'll stop, come back to the ball, catch it, and then plant and then take off. That's still a 60 yard catch. That's still a 70 yard catch. So let's not think that he can't do that. 
he is a steep faller to the point where I will get him off name value alone because I'm quite sure he's going to fall into the third. Then I'm going to trade him for somebody that I really want. But in, in the sense where if the person not already available, I think that it's a huge mirror around people around Tyreek. Tyreek is a person of value. You're not getting the same value you got with Kansas City and Miami. They done told you what the identity was. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostar. Obviously, you still got Gaskins. You got Salvin Ahmad. You uh, mentioned in the show prior about Lynn Bowden also being that same running back Debo Samuel type. And let's not forget, they just brought over Cedric Wilson. They got Mike Gusecki. I'm not seeing like Debo. Okay, but I'm not seeing none of these targets that he got in Kansas City going down in Miami. He's a product of being of a value. Secondly, I think what people don't understand is this guy is very volatile as far as injury and has been dealing with hamstrings for three years. The Chiefs didn't give him the money he wanted just because, gosh, he's asking for astronomical amount. No. If you look at the last three years, he's dealt with the same hamstring quad injury over the span of the last four years, not even three years. Over the last three years, he's Volume. been playing games. Yeah, he played games, and he also missed halves, quarters, and he missed a, a couple games. I mean, it, he, missed, it, he didn't miss any this year. But he's he, a product he missed of one what? Game, he missed one game last year. What I'm saying is understanding he sometimes he missed plays and missed drives. He's a product of volume. Where he's getting that volume from, you got Jalen Waddle on I just the other to- side. I just told you where the volume can come in, running so the why, ball. So I'm going to pay $12 million to, to, to chase Raheem, and then I'm going to go give, and then, oh, Tyree, come in here and run the ball too? You damn right. I, I what, you, like, what you think What you think Debo Sammy about to get paid? Debo, what you think he about to get paid? But who's there other than Elijah Mitchell? They ain't have nobody else. What you mean who's there besides? There were no other running back. There's the, who, who's the other running backs besides Mostert and, and, and Chase Edmonds? Miles Gaskin, Selvin, and Manning. Oh, Bill Boy, please. Them boys don't fit this one-cut scheme. Those running backs been there before he got there now. Let's not get it but twisted. So that's why Devontae Parker. That's why Devontae Parker's out of town. You're not my guy. I didn't bring you Cedric here. Cedric Wilson is what then? Can they just get Cedric, Cedric Wilson, Wilson is not a, a see, Cedric Wilson is not no running back, sir. Okay. But my whole thing is relative to fantasy, right? He's gonna get a couple carries. Oh my gosh. He's gonna get some sweeps and stuff in the red. I zone. think he'll oh get more gosh. than a couple. I well, I need him to yield me is some catches because we talking about PPR and I'm gonna need some touchdowns. Are you listening? Debo Samuel finished second in fantasy for wide receiver, sir. The guy had 77 balls caught. That's it. 77. Cooper Cup had 145. What more do I got to say? Yeah, I want to see September what Mike <laughs> Daniels' offense is because his vision, like, to me, you don't sign the three, these three weapons that they do to just turn around and then hand Tyreek Tyreek the ball eight to ten times. Not say that they can't. They don't have to but... give it to him eight to ten times, but if they give him the ball, they give him six carries? I mean, this is t- this boy averaging nine yards a touch. I just say the volume was there in Kansas City. It ain't there in Miami. So, like you said, they got to get creative, get him the ball. But for right. that, if if you got to get creative and you don't got to me, it's so come down to the quarterback. Fuck, two are gonna do for you. <laughs> ain't you no fair to two. If you hand the if ball, I see lost, an eight man box and I know Tyreek Hill in there, it's, it's not gonna be over. eight man dude. It's, you have two guys that run four tools. You're not seeing no eight man box. You nuts, bro? Why not? You won't. You won't last long as a D coordinator. If you got two guys running four tools, you think but we'll he's see in eight the backfield? You're telling me this guy. In no, the no, backfield. No. If I see Tyreek in the backfield, bro, this you, is this is easy peasy. Who said he gonna start? I ain't say he gonna start at running back, but it's gonna go be motion, plays. Whatever. That's right. That's so you trying to tell me you gonna have an eight 
man box and this man motion. Okay, so if he just if he started at wide receiver, you gonna have an eight man box? Well, look at the but where's this gadget oh, tree no, gonna get you? No, I'm asking you a question. Are oh, you gonna have an eight man box with two guys running four tools on the field? That's what you're gonna tell me when he comes under into the backfield. So then you're gonna Are shift gonna right down. Is it somebody gonna motion down from it if, if necessary? And now you have a still have a four two guy out here one on one to me. What does that yield? Like, what like to me? Like, oh, I've seen six Debo points. Do it. That's what it's gonna yield six points. <laughs> we seen Debo do it out of necessity. I can't, we can't say, oh, because we seen Debo do it, then Tyree's gonna do it. That's out of necessity. They didn't have anybody. So I can't then say, oh, he's going to go. They gave him $121 million. He's going to be all over the field, yes. But I just think it's too much to read into when the fact is we we know his skill set. We know how prolific he is as, as a player. If I know he's, they're going to do all this exotic stuff, this gadgetry, that's not, that's not going not down as, the field with the it's ball. It's not gadgetry, though. That's what you feel to realize. Depot but plays if you're telling me you're motioning him into the back, but you're utilizing him in a different way, what else is it? Those are not trick plays. When Debo's running the ball, those are just actual but you, run but you plays. Said he's not going to always do it in the backfield. So how if he's not going to already be assigned a running back and he's going to motion and do all these different things, what else is it? That's oh. not gadgetry, though. It's not a trick play. Just because you start off at wide receiver most of the backfield and you run a running play, it's not a gadget play. You know what a gadget play looks like? It's just a regular run play. It's so not it's a gonna, gadget it's, play. So you watched the 49ers. You telling me that Debo wasn't already in the backfield? Some plays, some plays, but some plays he wasn't. What do you, you gotta, mean? We're gonna agree, agree to disagree. I, there's, like no, I there's nothing to agree or disagree about. I mean, it's not a quarterback play. alone. No, Tua doesn't scare nobody. I'm not fucking. And Jimmy G scares somebody. Pat Mahomes. No, 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 no. Scared. Does Jimmy G scare anybody? Again, Debo Samuel finished second in fantasy at wide receiver. But see, but I think, but I think you're thinking too much of Mike Shanahan and Mike Daniels. It's two different things. No, it's the yes, dude. Mike this dude Daniels, been with Shanahan since he was. 12 years old. What's what other kind of mindset he coming in with? He don't know nothing else but Shanahan. He don't know it. He hasn't been around football but the Shanahan's. Period. To, so what else my, does he to know? Your point. He did, and I said this in a prior episode. He was focused on calling the running plays. He helped with those with those schemes and everything else. But let's not get it twisted. You know, chicken or the egg. I think Mike Daniels. Yes, he he helped with the running thing. He said all these different play calls, all these different things. But you missed the. I, they don't call plays. They don't call plays. But guess what the fuck he didn't do? He no, didn't no, no. Call plays. I didn't say anything about him calling plays. I'm talking no, no, no. about scheme. Scheme, right? Scheme. But this is the thing. Like he has the pieces, so it's not to refute what you're saying. And Tariq Hill can be a running back. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying it comes down to two things. It comes down to quarterback. To your point, Garoppolo doesn't strike fear in hardly anybody. But guess what? You run out of track at some point. And guess what the 49ers did with all that extra shit? And then when you need somebody to actually go outside and be a damn receiver, he's fatigued. He can't do it. And the lore of all this motions and stuff, once it comes third and long and all these down and distances, it don't matter what you done whipped up. And that's the point with Tua. Tua ain't going to be able to bail him out like that. Tua ain't going to be able to help him out. It's going to have to go to Wallow, Gaseki, somebody else, because Tyreek is a big name. They're going to have to put their best quarter, the best coverage. And even with these skill sets, he's, I'm just in the rounds. Yes, he's going to kill that. He's going to do all that. But I think it's asking too much. I think Debo's skill set, even though they're comparable, it's not the same. Debo, to me, is he just his own person. Tyreek is his own person in regards to what he how explosive he is with the ball in his hand. But we have to see it so you might be right at the end of it i think it comes down to quarterback and volume we can't you know you we're extrapolating what he did with Mahomes. going to two is a different thing i don't i don't care about the scheme and to your point it might yield touchdowns it may but if i see him 
I'm quite sure like this is a copycat league, but they're gonna figure out what the hell was they were doing during the offseason and they're gonna have something for it to remedy that from the 49ers. A couple of other receivers to hop into real quick, and then we'll get into the running backs and tight ends on next week. Juju Smith Schuster went to the team that Tyreek Hill vacated. So we have Juju now with the Kansas City Chiefs. In my opinion, I believe that he is going to be a riser. Now, granted, this one is kind of tongue-in-cheek because he was injured most of last year, so it, and, and he obviously is going to have a better quarterback. But the thing that I like about Juju, and I'm not comparing this to where, again, where most people would be looking at him in the draft, there really isn't a standout receiver. Even if they draft a, a wide receiver in Kansas City, they, it probably won't be with their first-round pick. There really isn't a standout wide receiver on the team right now. They just have a bunch of guys that can kind of get the job done. And then they have the ultimate tight end and Travis Kelsey, who I think will have the most targets on the team for sure. If Juju, he's going to be in a position where because of who's in the backfield, because of the tight end, and because of the ability of the quarterback, that slot machine is going to be paying out dividends. I, I really believe that in PPR, he's going to be one of those guys that you just set it and forget it. You know, you plug him in, you leave him where he is, whether it's in your wide receiver spot, flex spot, whatever, and you just leave him there because there are going to be some weeks where he's going to go off. There are going to be other weeks where his norm will probably be somewhere between 9 to 12 points if he doesn't score a touchdown. So I really believe Juju is going to be one of those holded in the road. I kind of look for him to be along the same lines as a Hunter Renfro, that same realm. It's possible that if he latches on and becomes one of the favorites, that he could end up exceeding just because of the amount of weapons that are now in Las Vegas. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But Juju is going to be a necessity at wide receiver based on what they currently have. So I think he's a riser. I mean, he has no way but up. I mean, like you say, come off a, a down year and um and the year before that i mean it was all right he had like 831 yards receiving nine touchdowns i think he'd probably fall along that so he's i guess he's a riser considering what he's just been through uh, as far as hunter riffo i don't know if i see that i understand with the, the amount of weapons in comparison i get it but you had just as many as weapons as uh in kansas city because i mean it's not like mahomes is a guy that zero ends on any one target i mean he spreads it around pretty good so see him being the guy just just taking all the targets in Kansas City. I won't be surprised if he's third, you know what I mean, to uh, Kelsey. And then I think we still have to watch out for a guy like McCall Hartman. Hartman isn't a... Who could very well step up, though. He's going I mean, he's gonna be on the rise, though. This is huge. I think he's a huge riser. I, I go to um, my, Zay guy out there, the Patriots. My, Myers. Myers. I think, but that's, but I think he has the touchdown upside that Myers doesn't. I think what I noticed the game when he finally came back, I think it was just for the playoffs. But that one game, he looked as good as he did when AB was still there. And I'm not, I'm not saying from AB was out there type of thing, but literally like, like as far as like how rejuvenated he was, how good he felt, and how how he looked running around it's like even though he's getting blown out the dude ran really well he caught some really good passes and i think that's really good he's a year too late coming to kansas city he should have came last year but no robinson no pringle and now for the time being just him mccall and then my uh kelsey until they you know whatever they do later on i'm sure they're not done in that regard this is only i think this is huge and i think this is the exact weapon they need you talking about motion in somebody and all this other stuff getting them involved in like the run game and stuff like that end arounds and stuff like that Juju is that kind of guy, and I think this is going to be a nice season for him. 
I'm not surprised he get six or seven touchdowns. That's that's just being the floor in this all type of offense. They're gonna use him really well in the red zone. The last guy we have at wide receiver is Amon Ross Saint Brown of the Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, I believe, is on the rise in general, and I believe he's on the rise in fantasy. We saw last year some of his capabilities, but when he really gets the game under his belt, whether it's with Jared Goff. Hopefully, it's, I, I will prefer it be with Jared Goff than Baker Mayfield. I, I hope this guy doesn't tie himself back to Baker again. But they're, they're close enough that it shouldn't be that big of a difference, even if they did do that. But I believe that he has a skill set that matches the best of the best. I'm not exactly sure how far he can ascend, but everything that you look for in a wide receiver, as far as fantasy is concerned, he has. He has big play capability. He has run after the catch capability. He has the ability to catch the ball even when he's covered. And the quarterback has the faith in him to still throw him the ball even when he's covered. The thing about it is, I don't know how much DJ Chark showing up affects that. Maybe it helps because now there's actually a number two wide receiver. And in most games, they still could be behind. So they still should be throwing the ball a good bit. I mean, it's going to be interesting the way it works out. But I believe him having another big body out there will actually kind of help him. I'm not sure if they're going to run him as the one or if they're going to run Chark as the one. It's even better for him if they run him as the two because he was out there against number one corners cooking them last year and if you're going to put them against number two corners and let dj chart take the number one i, I like that even better hell dj chart still wouldn't take the number one probably most number one corners probably still jump on him okay that that's that's <laughs> i'm not sure how that's gonna work out but he was cooking them you know as well so yeah but he's definitely a riser i mean this guy totaled what 560 yards five touchdowns over the last six games i mean he's definitely a wide receiver too going into this year i mean you had the, the big dogs of course you know the chases and the Adams and those guys, but I think on that next level, I think this guy can appear his head. You know what I'm saying? On that lower level wide receiver too. He's also gonna get a few carries here and there. He should like you say he's shown that he can, you know, do well after the catch. I like this guy, man. Definitely a riser. Wide receiver two for me. He's definitely a riser, but it's gonna be hard to tell because I think Chark does help him a lot, but now he has uh, Khalif uh, Raymond still there, and he, he just got uh, Josh Reynolds to come back. And it's not a thing of talent, it's just more so the weapons around him because Josh had a predominant role, Raymond had a predominant role, and then Shark, I think, is going to help them as far as the vertical part of the game. So he has the acumen, the skill sets, the everything else. I think the NFL is only starting to see, just like I was pointing out before, like, you know, same vein as my dude name. Oh, Woods, why am I thinking so hard? This guy has one of the, some of the best feet, the best route running coming out of USC. I think they touted him as one of the best route runners ever coming out of California. He has the physical tools, keep it simple. It's more or less there being slightly more weapons around him. I'm not saying that they're better, but usually with schemes like that, people just like to spread it around a lot you can't do man coverage with this guy he's just he's really good the second year i think is going to be a step above but i'm not going to put him in that category i got to see him throughout the next year but he's going to be somebody in the fourth round fifth round that if i didn't go wide receiver or if i got a receiver early and i did running backs for a couple rounds i wouldn't mind taking him in a heartbeat i just think the floor is probably at like 800 yards maybe uh eight touchdowns well i can't say what the receptions are be 
but he that's just his floor but hopefully we'll see you know and that pretty much wraps up the show for this week next week we will talk about the running backs as well as the tight ends and there are a couple of tight ends that i am going to add to the list based on a couple of things that were said today but we'll be able to hop into that on next week again if you're looking for us as far as social media sites are concerned our biggest gathering is on facebook at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group we're on ig at fantasy football fiend and on twitter at fantasy underscore fiend we out